Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast. Today we're talking about a Disney themed community. Matt Reeves would like to take a nap before Batman 2. And Chip and Dale are back, but with different voices. All this and everything else that happened this week in Geeks. Hello, I'm Jayla, but you can call me Justin. And if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me for today's episode are one of my two lovely co-hosts, Nate Shelton. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm uh, I'm stoked to be here. Thank you for having me on the show, on the podcast. <laughs> I've been wanting to come on for a long time. What happened to Kevin? Where'd he go? <laughs> well, Kevin's out and about traveling uh, Canada, seeing some friends. Uh, now that restrictions... Oot in a boot, I think you mean. Yeah, right? oot, in, oot in a yeah. boot. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, uh, visiting the capital, um, hence why he is not here for today's episode. Um, but how are you, man? Uh, not bad. Um, I mean, a little bad. I mean, the, the entire story studio has been torn apart and it's horrible and there's 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 they had to get the mold out and thankfully i'm i'm safe and i you know you ca- i called you and was yeah mold free i was freaking out and i was like and you said you reminded me it could always be worse and you're right and so i'm oh, yeah. uh, I'm happy that we're we're able to continue recording and continuing doing what we love. So absolutely, uh, at least for now. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you're safe, and I'm glad everything is good. Um, I know we were talking about this offline, so I thought maybe we can continue talking about it mm-hmm. here on the podcast. But uh, Arthur, it's all done after yeah. 25 years or 25 yeah. seasons, rather. Uh, that is it for Arthur. And while I wasn't able to actually watch the episode, uh, I, I did catch this. Uh, uh, 20 years in the future clip that was circulating on social. It's everywhere. Everywhere. everywhere Everyone's been up. reposting it, just yeah. showing it. I, I really, really loved it. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes so our listeners can check it out. But what did you think? Fast forward and seeing Arthur become the storyteller that we have been following all these years. I thought it was kind of cool. Dude, it was so meta. Um, I, You know, how they kind of did it, how they sort of, you know, gave gave him this this life that goes full circle. And it's it was just a really cool way to do it. The fact that he's a graphic novelist, yep. um, Buster is a teacher, yep. Francine is the head of a sneaker company, which is bomb. It's so badass! Uh, <laughs> it's so cool, especially for France. Like that's Francine right there. And then yep. Muffy uh, running for mayor, obviously. And yep. then D.W. She's a freaking traffic cop, which <laughs> it makes so <laughs> it much makes sense. So and much I love sense. I love in the scene. She's like, "Oh hey, I know you. I still have to give you a ticket yeah. though." <laughs> it was just. <laughs> It's Seriously. so classic DW, right? Like she's just such oh a my gosh. She, she won't break any rules. That's that's totally her. She's the snitch. I've got my Arthur uh doll with me from the nineties. I've shown it on my stream, by the way, twitch.tv slash Nate Plays Games. But um see if you can can you hear this? Can you, can you yeah, hear yeah, that? I can hear that. I can hear that. I want to tell you something crazy about this Arthur doll. It's I've never changed the batteries. I don't know if it's like a demon inside of it that's <laughs> keeping it going, but this is these are the same batteries since the '90s, um, and I'm afraid to change because I think he'll he'll die forever. So, but what a what a like what a monumentous occasion, dude! Like that's just so nuts and just so cool. I love that they brought back the original voice actor of Arthur to to do this yes. grown up version of him. I think that that's really really cool. Ties it all back together. You know, really does round out this sort of you know 25 season experience and 
you know, a lot of people were very kind of emotional. I, I remember reading one tweet from someone that was like, am I a 24 year old woman sitting here watching Arthur? <laughs> Arthur. Final episode yeah. and crying. Yeah, you are. You're damn right. Of course. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. For sure. All right. Well, with that out of the way, I think it's time for us to get into the news. It's all about the details. Just when you thought we were done talking about Arthur's, her first news article comes from Arthur Levine over at USA Today. New master plan communities will let Disney fans be a part of Disney all the time. Yes, please. This past week, the Walt Disney Company announced Story Living by Disney, which will be a part of the same division that oversees its theme parks, Disney Cruise Line, and other experiences. The first community, which will be known as Cotino and include about 1,900 housing units. There is an incredible demand for all things Disney. Our fans continue to look for new ways to engage with us and keep Disney as part of their lives. You can be a part of Disney all the time, says Josh <laughs> DeMauro, chairman of Disney Parks Experience and Products. As for the story living name, the communities will capitalize on the company's sense of storytelling and placemaking. Every single element of these communities will be steeped in a story, DeMauro notes. The residents, he says, will be active participants in the stories. What? Yeah. This is pretty nuts, <laughs> okay. right? So like, so wild. pricing and financing and other details ha ha haven't been announced. But the yeah. developments will include a variety of properties such as condominiums, single family homes. Some of Cotina's neighborhoods, however, will be designated for residents 55 and older, a market in which <sighs> Disney seems very very interested in as they recognize the opportunity to create more senior community living yeah. uh, there will be public components to this cotino and community as well including uh, a hotel and an entertainment and dining and shopping district guests will be able to purchase a day pass just like you would at a park to visit the beach despite bearing its name disney will not own the communities or be the developer of record nor will it be building or selling the homes uh, it will be partnering with a variety of third parties uh, to mm -hmm. handle those functions. However, Disney Imagineers will have a hand in designing the community and play a part in future communities. As the public face of the communities, Disney will manage the marketing and sales efforts. And once the communities are up and running, its cast members, which are commonly known as Disney employees, will handle yeah. the day-to-day -day operations, including customer service and entertainment production. The article mentions that Walt Disney had grand ambitions to develop a working city with residents which would have showcased the latest technology and urban planning concepts on the Florida property that his company bought many years ago. He dubbed this project EPCOT, which we know stands for yep. Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. After his death in 1966, Disney's successors reinterpreted his vision as a theme park instead. Tomorrow says, Walt was trying to build a connected, integrated story-based community. While these story-living communities are not Epcot, they share the same spirit. This would have been something Walt would have been all over. So a lot of details. It sounds like it's it's a huge commitment, but what do you think, though, Nate, about, about this idea of a Disney-inspired community that you could live in? Honestly, I'm... 
I am, I am, it's, it's, this is going to sound really, I'm literally wearing Disney on my clothing right now and I'm surrounded by it and it's going to sound weird coming from me, but like a, a certain little part of me, the words branded communities kind of freaked me out a little bit. And then I was like, but I, I still want to save up until I'm 55 and move there as soon as I turn 55 and, and try to live there. Um, on it, it's, it's, it's just something where I think the, the, the community service aspect, um, the, the, the customer service aspect as well, bringing in cast members, um, is something that it, they, they, they are so masterful at. And I'm looking at the in uh, USA Today article. They've got a lot of concept art for what these different places could look like. And it just looks it looks like their resorts. Like it looks 100% like their resorts, like their parks. And if if I can live in, in what seems to be Disney, I'm, I'm totally for it. I will say, though, just so everyone knows, it's a two-hour trip. To Disneyland from this space, yeah, so it's not it's not going to be like right away connected in a way, but uh, at least you'll be able to feel like you're living in a Disney resort for your entire life, you know, for sure. And I think that's more the, the ambition of what this is meant to be less right. less about the connectivity to the park. It's going to bring the spirit of the park into these living communities, right? Arthur Levine uh, mentions that you know th- there's pros and cons to to this to this experience. You know, right. again, a pro would be that there wouldn't be a, a rowdy bar down the street or obnoxious music from your neighbors, but it would come at a cost of your own personal freedom. Th- that wouldn't sit well with everyone, but there are some Disney fanatics that would, would sacrifice that in in effort to to live in this community, which I think it's it's a fair sacrifice, if you will. So we like because we talked about the the Disney Star Cruiser Halcyon. Uh, ship experience it's like a it's a fake cruise that you go on that's you're you're in living in star wars and i remember justin you and i had conversations about like how much we would pay to be there but we'd want to live that experience we'd want to have take part in those activities and how much we'd be sort of pulled out of it by the the random lady in crocs who looks like she just you know she's not in star wars world you know what i mean like we would get dressed up we would do the activities and i feel like that's very similar to this place so it's going to be interesting to sort of see like how are they going to control the idea of like well if you're here you have to be an active member of society because i know for a lot of people myself included i usually don't want to talk to my neighbors now granted (laughs) if it was an activity orchestrated by disney that might be different well i i think our interpretations of this might be a bit different see i I don't necessarily see it so locked in if you will or so mandatory that people have to participate in the story well they said you'll participate in it right like that's i'm wondering i'm again i'm wondering if it's as deep as what you might be thinking or as loose as uh just trying to get people to be more active in the community because they are a part of that community right like just Mm -hmm. just the general um encouragement of getting to know your neighbors i'm i still think that people are going to want to live their lives like normal people but sure. they're going to have be... jobs and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, you know, they're yeah. not going to be like bound and, and you know, cosplaying <laughs> like 24 seven. They just have ears. Right. Oh, it's like it's, it's like surgically implanted in their head. Yeah. They don't even need to wear a hat anymore. Yeah. It's just. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see, too. Like it, it is a living community, but they like they didn't seem to mention anything about schools or anything like that. But it would be cool if they did. And it was like an art school or some sort of animation school. Neat. You know what I mean? Like, a, you know, kind of sure. fostering that that sort of culture, if you will, for, you know, an imagineering group. Right. So that would be pretty dope. 
That'd be pretty sweet. I think I think it'll it'll be really interesting to see how it turns out. I know they tried this already with Celebration uh, in uh, I think it was how long ago? 1996, I think, was when they welcomed their first family in, and um, and it's 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 they've since moved on from Celebration. So sold it. it. They it was, sold it. Didn't it was they? Yeah. yeah, it was sold right, yeah. and so it was started by Disney, and then it was let go. I'm I'm intrigued to see if they'll they'll do this again. It seems like I'm wondering if the almost the proximity to the park for celebration was some what of an issue or something like that. Um, because for them to push this two hours away, um, there's got to be a reason for that, right? I I think though again I think we're missing the point of of it doesn't need to be attached to the park. The Disney right. is that, and I think the the way to approach it is focusing on the community aspects of it and people coming together. Justin, there's going to be merch. There's going to be 100%. a Disney store. They said, there's going to be that a world of Disney store. For sure. Did and, they say that? And that's the thing. Like, <laughs> No, they said yeah. they, they said in here that there will be a shopping district. There will be yeah. the opportunity for people to who live outside, obviously, that aren't part of the community, to stay at a hotel that's on the property, right? That's in right. this community. That that's they, cool. You know, so there, there's going to be a beach. Like, There's obviously... Um, tourist value to this community that, that that it'll bring that is very Disney, but again, we know that there's Disney hotels out there that more are more about an experience rather than any association with the park. You know, there's one in Hawaii that's very much like that. It embodies. Oh, I want to go so bad. It embodies so much of the spirit of Disney, and you know, again, it's 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 very much in the spirit of Disney and continuing the essence of of what makes Disney great. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm I'm kind of indifferent about it, like. I think it's going to be a lot of money, um, and if I was yeah. if I was balling, then sure. Um, what, dude, I'm telling you right now, you, me, and Kevin, and all of Kevin's family, if we found a nice place and we just agreed to share the rooms and whatever, I think we could afford it. By the time we're 55, I think we could do it. <laughs> By the time we we're 55, it. geez. <laughs> um, but no, I, I I hear you. I think who knows? I, I think that's going to really be a deciding factor, though. Too is price point you know what is yeah. the price point going to look like is it it's feasible for maybe a family like you know let's say me and my wife you know wanted to move there and we had a kid or we had a family and we're like yeah we not we happen. love disney ha like can we do that like is that possible with with the pricing who knows i just like we can barely them. afford to go on the halcyon Justin. there you we go can barely That's afford exactly to go on the galactic it. cruise yeah if it's if it's <laughs> anything like the prices of, yeah. of that then there's a yeah. fat chance I'll ever be able to live there. So yeah, but we could visit. We'll go. We'll go stay in the hotel for sure. I'd be down to visit. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's move into our next news story. Uh. This one from Matt Perslow over at IGN. Stranger Things season four release date revealed. <gasps> Netflix mm. has announced the Stranger Things season four will premiere on May 27th. However, let's go. This fourth season is almost twice as long as previous seasons and will be split into two volumes with the second batch of episodes being released five weeks later on July 1st. The news announced on Netflix's website comes accompanied by a letter from the Duffer Brothers, the creators of the show. The letter explains that this fourth season has a runtime of almost double the previous seasons and they have also revealed that Stranger Things will conclude with its fifth season. With nine scripts, over 800 pages, almost two years of filming, thousands of visual effect shots, and a runtime nearly twice the length of any previous season, Stranger Things 4 was the most challenging season yet, but also the most rewarding one, said the Duffer Brothers in their open letter. It's also the beginning of the end, they continued. Seven years ago, we planned out 
the complete story arc for Stranger Things. At the time, we predicted the story would last four to five seasons. It proved too large to tell in four, but as you'll soon see for yourselves, we are now hurtling towards our finale. Season four will be the penultimate season, with season five being the last. So, at nine episodes, season four has a similar episode count as as previous seasons of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. It yep. appears then that each episode may be at a feature length runtime, which is something that we were talking about when we were talking about the Book of Boba Fett, the sh- longer right. feature length episodes to help tell the story better. As for the plot for season four, Netflix offered this synopsis. It's been six months since the Battle of Starcourt which brought terror and destruction to Hawkins. Struggling with the aftermath, our group of friends are separated for the first time, and navigating the complexities of high school hasn't made things any easier. In this most vulnerable time, a new and horrifying supernatural threat surfaces, presenting a gruesome mystery that, if solved, might finally put an end to the horrors of the Upside Down. So with this news, Mm -hmm. we got two big pieces of information. Obviously, first, season four is going to be told in two parts meaning longer episodes. So I guess one will be five and the other will be four or vice versa. Who knows? And then also with that, season four is the penultimate to season five, which is crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, it makes me wonder, did they shoot season four and five back to back? Like, could they have done that to kind of help speed up this process? Yeah, based on this letter, though, Justin, it seems as though they wouldn't. Like this sounds like a lot. <laughs> so to me, if if this is if this was their experience with season four, I think they they are okay to to take a little break before five. And I think you know it's been it's been three years, I think, right since since we last saw Stranger Things, which is crazy because it's only going to be six months for them, but they're going to look like right. a whole lot of time has passed, right? So <laughs> a whole lot of time, yeah. Has um, they're they're get they're getting older, you know. Um, but I think at the same time. Um, it's really smart for them to not only ex- expand and, and make the episodes longer, like we were saying we wanted uh, from, you know, maybe from Disney to kind of do with their properties. But I just think it's it's also, th- this is event television, but at the same time, I'm kind of excited for them to be splitting it up. As much as I'd love to get the entire season in one go, I'm kind of stoked for it to be split up they're going to be longer we get to we get to watch them and then we get to like speculate and get to like be like what's going to happen and and it just gives us that little bit of breathing room between moments um i hope they keep it up with season five i'd love to see them do that or honestly just give us a bunch of movies (laughs) right season five is okay with me yeah see the thing is though is that there's been a lot of discussion too about you know the discussion of shows uh, and, and, you know, like something like Euphoria, week to week, everyone's discussing it on Twitter. Right. You don't really get that from from Netflix shows, right? Their release strategy is very much same day dump um, all at once. And you have people binging. Yeah. That being said, I do think that there's an opportunity with this final season of Stranger Things to maybe try things differently. Like, sure, maybe season four, you do this two part sort of, you know, dump. But maybe for season five, you do week to week episode releases and really draw out the sort of, as you referred to, the event of of this final season for the show that that means so much to people i guess because again like if they continue with this strategy of just dumping everything at once because like something like stranger things has such so much fandom around it people are going to watch that sooner rather than later so Mm -hmm. that they can be caught up and not have things spoiled and then they're 
going to have to wait a period of time before the next batch of episodes. So at least here we have a line of sight. And then and then another three years potentially for well, I, again, for the I, next season. That's you, why you I'm wondering. They, they put it together. I yeah. think they did. But I think if they knew that they were going to do it, like obviously yeah. Duffer Brothers talking with everyone saying like, yeah, we know this has been taking a while. And we want to wrap this up. We we think we can wrap this up with season five. We're we're very committed to that. You know, why don't we just try to do a back to back? Because, you know, again, when you say it's six months, but like you said, three years have passed. It's going to be very apparent that three years have passed. Are they just unless gonna... they do time jumps, Justin? Of course, unless but, they do time jumps, right? But yeah. Like I, I I guess, but like you know, how many times are you going to put like either of those kids in like? short shorts with their scrawny legs to try to make them look like they're <laughs> super kids like season two and season three you know they were using the short shorts on on will and you know the bowl cut yeah. and he just he looked like he was dressed younger but he looked like he had grown and and i think the same <laughs> yeah. could be said about all the characters really yeah Is mike it, mike, mike the same way 100%. like he's super skinny right yeah yeah and and like they would just they just dressed them like they were younger but they obviously looked older so i I, yeah. I think that you know again transitioning them to high school um hopefully you know just just kind of leaning a little bit more into it like i would have rather they kind of lean into the time and say like this story takes place three years after the battle right, right? Well, I'm, I'm stoked dude i'm excited for it regardless i mean netflix has been really killing it lately and i'm i'm excited to see because they're they're gonna put as much behind this as they did ozark and ozark's one of the best things that I've seen on TV 100%. Uh, in a long time. So I'm really excited for this. Yeah, yeah. And and speaking of uh, Stranger Things, it kind of ties into our next story from James White over at Empire. John Watts reportedly in talks to direct new Star Wars series. Yeah. John Watts, who directed the last three Spidey films, uh, including the box office smash No Way Home, is in talks to handle at least one episode of a mysterious new series. According to Discussing Film, the series has the code name Grammar Rodeo, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, <laughs> it's Do you know where that's from? No. Grammar Rodeo is a reference for me from the Simpson episode when Bart, Milhouse, Martin, and Nelson rent a car to drive across the States. Do you remember that? That sounds awesome. No. <laughs> and the, the excuse that Bart makes up is that they're going to a grammar rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> It's really, oh really, gosh. really. Silly. I gotta watch it. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, looks like uh, uh, John Favreau is going to be involved, which is obviously no surprise because he's the Godfather of Star Wars now. Yes. Mm. And little has emerged about the show aside from some whispers that the cast is going to be younger, sort of a Stranger Things. Oh, set in a galaxy, yeah, yeah. yeah, set in a galaxy far, far away, um, and potentially cool. it connected to the High Republic era, which I haven't actually checked out myself. But you, you can imagine that Favre being, you know, involved in the Spider-Man movies and seeing John Watts, and you know, maybe you know, getting to know him, discovering maybe he's a Star Wars fan. It's it's pretty easy to see how this might have come to be, especially given the fact that he does really know how to do the teen vibe really well i hope he hasn't been hanging out with robert rodriguez too much and he's doing like a mod squad <laughs> series well i no. guess that takes place not in the high republic i you know initially before the high republic uh thing came in here um on the empire article which everyone should go read and, and check out but um i thought it was gonna like it sounded very 
like Ezra, like Ezra Bridger would be a really good fit sure, yeah. for, for a, for a, you know, a sort of a John Watts sort of, but I guess maybe he would be older or is it the lost chapter of Ezra? But if it's going to be taking place during the high Republic era, all power to him to, to give us something really different. Uh, and again, as long as it's not spy kids in star Wars. Yeah. Um, but I don't I'll think, okay I don't think, it. I don't think it, it will be, but I, I also think yeah. though that, um, you know, I think the reason why you would get someone like John Watts to, to at least introduce characters that are probably younger is that he yeah. has a good sense of identifying who those characters are and playing with maybe those tropes and sort of genre blending, if you will. Like we, we talked about this in our, our Spider-Man reviews, but in Spider-Man Homecoming, you know, we talked a lot about how that felt very inspired by the John Hughes movies of, of the 80s, right? And mm-hmm. very, you know, it had that sort of nostalgia. Now, that of course, that's not going to necessarily work here in 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 you know, a galaxy far, far away with, with you know, a high Republic. But it, it at the same time, he can identify who the characters are playing with yeah. some tropes, bringing that in for at least a fresh approach that I think will definitely be appreciated uh, for for the series. And again, it, it makes it makes total sense for him to be working on this project. The episode of The Simpsons is Bart on the road. Yeah. It's in season seven. Um, and, and honestly, if if like. If that's any, ind- I usually these code names are just code names, and they're fans of The Simpsons, so that's why they would put that in there. But if for if any way, if there's any way that this is associated with that being the narrative that they're going for, like they steal like they steal really... a ship and they, you know, they yeah, they... <laughs> like, and it's just these kids. Be... And again, uh, please, please, John Watts, if you're doing this, if you're hearing this, don't connect it. Don't oh, con- sure. give us brand new characters yeah. that are completely separate from the Skywalkers. Put it in the Star Wars universe, but I'm ready for stories that are outside of that. And I'm, I, that's why I'm so excited for them to explore the the High Republic, especially between this show and uh, what was the other one, the Acolyte mm-hmm. that they're doing. I'm well, I think, super stoked for all that. And it's funny that you bring that up because that I think is supposed to also revolve in and around that time. So yep. you know, and it's focusing on I think the, the Sith and the dark side and, and so on. So the High Republic might be you know the light, the balance to to that to that story of what we're what we're seeing. So. Who knows? Uh, only time will tell. No dates uh, of of when any of that is coming out. But again, it's all with the greatest help. We all just we'll assume until we hear further. I am excited. Color me interested. I would love to see what this is all about. Um, and Justin, honestly, I just hope whatever they do, they don't rush the production of these movies because we've seen what happens when you rush a movie, right? Well, yeah, yes, absolutely. And speaking of <laughs> rush. Uh, on to our next news story here. Matt Reeves doesn't want to rush the Batman 2. This article comes from Andy Bebick over at Screen Rant. Uh, while the Batman director Matt Reeves has ideas for future sequels, the filmmaker is not interested in rushing the Batman 2. With the release of Batman just next week, sequels for the Batman have huge potential, but Reeves is definitely not in any rush to get to Batman 2 just yet. In a recent interview with the Los Angeles Times, the filmmaker is asked if he has plans for a second installment, and while Reeves has plenty of stories he wishes to tell with Pattinson's caped crusader, he stresses that he never intended the Batman to act as the first chapter to a larger story. To Reeves, it was actually crucial that the Batman could stand on its own as a complete film rather than make it lead into a sequel, which I think is... I can appreciate as a storyteller yeah, trying to that. tell a rounded story. In the article, he says... I think the first thing is a very long nap. And here's the thing. My feeling in doing the film was always that I would never treat this as a chapter one, 
because chapter one assumes that there's more chapters. So what I wanted to do was to make the movie a satisfying experience so that people could experience a new, fresh version of a character that the world has loved for over 80 years. I think that if we succeed on that front, I know that I have a lot of stories I want to tell, and then we'll do a chapter two, but not because we didn't make this one a complete experience. Let's just see what happens. Let's see the audience watch it. I hope they connect to it. And if they do, then yes, definitely more to do. And I will be napping for too long. He is just so tired from this movie experience. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, again, a lot of this is is understandable, you know, given the fact that the movie was uh, delayed due to COVID restrictions and, and, and the, the pandemic as a whole. And that inevitably resulted in the movie being pushed. Uh, so, you know, it was a challenging experience to, to get this movie to the finish line. But that being said, the fact that he was so focused on telling a well-rounded story in this first film really does show, you know, Matt Reeves' testament to wanting to be a good storyteller and it this being an experience. Yeah, it's it's I I really appreciate that and it's it's one of those things we can sort of talk about all the time and it's it's also something that like we kind of um I feel like took for granted and then it sort of disappeared as we start to move into things involving Marvel, involving Star Wars, and and sort of, you know, we look at um, how, I think we were just talking about how, like, Peacemaker, for instance, how they have the opportunity to do so much more with it because of how it is sort of disconnected from the DCEU and how James Gunn has the ability to sort of um, do do kind of whatever he wants without having to worry about stepping on any other creator's toes or DC's ultimate vision for the universe, for the most part, right? Um, and I think that's kind of, you know, really refreshing uh, in this day and age of, of sort of like, how is this going to play into this other movie or this other sort of character that's not the Batman, right? How is this going to play into Aquaman series? Like now we, I'm, I'm happy to hear that we have a, a storyline that doesn't rely on that. Um, and if it, if it ends up being a one and done, but it's a really good Batman movie, whatever, there's going to be more Batman movies in the future. Obviously, if it's a really good movie, we're going to want more from it. Uh, and we're, you know, I always want more, but I think it's, uh, I think it's one of those things that, Again, it's just really nice to hear that he's he's given it that thought uh, for it, and I'm, I am. It makes me more excited to see this movie. I'm so stoked. Yeah, I know, and we don't have much time. I think it's what next week. <laughs> next week. That's that's crazy to think about. Um, you know, again, given the fact that you mentioned Marvel and and you know what they're doing, I feel like fans have really dictated that that's what they want or that's what they expect from these comic book movies. No one ever said that. No one ever said, this is the standard. And I do mm -hmm. think that a lot of studios are trying too hard to try to emulate that with whatever IP that they have. It's really nice that, you know, instead here, what we have is Matt Reeves openly saying, no, 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 I, I, I wasn't concerned about where this was going big picture. I, but I wanted this movie to, to live on its own, to be its own uh, experience, which I think is, is just such a respect to, to the idea of, of, filmmaking and storytelling so i really love that you know i'm excited to see it and you know there there was also a discussion here um in the article they mentioned that pattinson would love to see uh batman confront the court of owls which i think is a bit of a spoiler if he's saying that uh just just throwing that out there 
And uh, I, I think I think it's it's not so much a spoiler as much as it's a wishful thinking that it, yeah maybe or a confirmation because yeah. I think a lot of people think that the court of owls are going to play a part in whatever in this story in this story a hundred percent but then but then that goes against what he's saying though dude like if he's saying here's the thing if he's saying court of owls but then he's saying but this is a, a, a standalone story Pattinson like, said maybe this, though Pattinson oh, said Pattinson. that he, Pattinson Pattinson oh, okay. said he'd like to take on the court of owls but what Matt Reeves did say is that he does have a grounded version of Mr. Freeze that he could do. And that what? excites me. Like we see yeah. we see the penguin, you know, again, looks like penguin from the comics, but you know, he's he's a mobster and that's that's like his mob name and it, it feels so grounded. I'd love to see how Matt Reeves could bring Mr. Freeze into It's gotta be a it's gotta be a butcher, right? He's gotta be a butcher, <laughs> serial killer who he puts people on ice and and he he butchers them. Like I think that's the the only way that I can I like imagine that. it being grounded. Right? I like that. I think I that like could that. really work. You go Dexter style with him, right? You kind of give him those vibes. And he, he and, still, and... you still lean into the idea that he's a scientist and he's a doctor. Yeah. And maybe what he's sure. doing is for science, bro. Okay. Yo, Matt Reeves, okay. give us a call, man. We could chat. We would love to chat. <laughs> Butcher scientist. Let's go. <laughs> oh, love it. Butcher Freeze. There you go. That's his name. All right. <laughs> there you go. Four news stories all done. Let's move into... It's trailer time. Our first trailer. The Boys presents Diabolical. This hits, Diabolical. This hits Amazon Prime. March 4th, 2022, yeah. same day as the Batman, uh, just so everyone knows. Uh, Sweet. Cast includes Andy Samberg, Aquafina, Seth Rogen, Kamal Nanjiani, Jason Isaac, Christian Slater, Elizabeth Shue, Aisha Tyler, and Simon Pegg. Uh, this is an eight-episode animated anthology series set in the universe of The Boys, uh, which will premiere, as mentioned, March 4th, exclusively on Prime. These fun-sized episodes are running 12 to 14 minutes. and Perfect. E- like, it's perfect, each with its own animation style, uh, which will reveal unseen stories within the boys' universe, dreamt up by some of the most creative and, quite frankly, bloody brilliant minds in entertainment today um i'm yeah. excited for this i i know that when Dude. we were when we we talked about this offline before this you know you were surprised that it was an anthology series and i, I know we talked i was the one i think i brought the trailer up in one of our past this week in geek episodes a, a few weeks back i i was under the impression at the time that this was going to be anthology but i did listen back i don't think i at all implied that um, at all yeah at all. and so so when you're like yeah i knew it was i'm like shut up you don't know but i i will say like we're getting we're uh, this is this is the boys done in star wars vision style and i'm all for it i want more series to embrace this um obviously we're huge fans or at least a uh, few of us are huge fans of animation here on the geek centric podcast and we're getting you know an anime style we're getting a, a rick and morty looking episode a justin roiland uh episode with him and, and ben bayouth who've, who've done it and it looks just like rick and morty and 
honestly, when we yeah, when we got the teaser, I totally missed the part. I I, I maybe I didn't miss the anthology thing, but I definitely well, I, missed I, the idea of I think the different re- animation styles. Sure, and I think because the cast was so big, that's what gave me the impression that it was an anthology. Because you're right, right. The visuals they didn't really give you much other than a couple looks that felt very similar to one another. The cast that I just outlined is is but a few that are involved. Oh, there's and so many. There's different animation studios behind different episodes, which means there's different directors. There's different writers and you know i i just like the idea like again star wars visions is definitely the right example if you will even animatrix you know is a is an example as well just these sure anthology based universe building episodes i think it's going to be tons of fun well because you know again that original teaser was just the looney tune style and i was i was excited for it but i kind of was thinking like there's only so much they can do with that aesthetic. Um, but this is this is going to be fantastic. Obviously, I don't think it's canon, um, but it will feature a lot of I, canon characters. I think it is going to be. You think it could be canon? I think it could be. I think it, I think. Because the problem is, is, is Simon Pegg, who in the show we know plays Huey's dad in the, in the live action one. Right. He was originally supposed to play Huey. And so in one of these episodes, he's voicing Huey. In, in one of these these episodes so it's it I mean that could still be Canon I guess but I just I'm wondering if it's uh if, if they're really gonna do that because I I think some of the beautiful aspect of just like we were saying of them not necessarily having to tie it back into the boys is they can do but hold some on. really wacky stuff again I I I, I think the, the the description here best says it will reveal unseen stories within the boys universe so they don't necessarily okay. need to coherently tie but we do know that we are going to see homelander and he's voiced by anthony Starr. yeah exactly and we're going to see different versions of him right yeah so my my only thing is is that again it doesn't need to you know suddenly something from from in the live action needs to harken back or call to for purposeful meaning other than an easter egg do you know what I mean to mm-hmm. to the animated mm-hmm. series? Like I think that's where we'll kind of see it. It's it'll live and breathe in Easter eggs within the the live action universe of of the boys. Um, and I wonder if if any way it'll, it'll be connected to the weren't they supposed to do like a high school drama or a college version of the they're boys? Still, that I, I think, think they're think still going to they're do still that. Still working on it. Yeah, I think yeah. they're still they're still um, playing. It's like a school where you learn to yeah. be a hero, right? So right, and yeah. I could totally see them using that as a basis for one of these episodes. Um, but yeah, man, I'm so stoked for this. I love this for the same reason I love buffets. You just get the best parts of like all the meals that you love, right? <laughs> yeah, I love it. And honestly, I think you're absolutely right. I think that this is going to be tons of fun in terms of just how we'll experience more about the boys universe through animated. I think that that's going to be great. And speaking of great, let's move to our next trailer, which isn't so great. And this is for... Elvis, directed by Baz Luhrmann. Why'd you say ba- is it ba- Baz? Isn't it Baz Luhrmann? Baz Luhrmann. Is it Baz? Because it's Baz. Australian, right? Yeah. Baz, Baz. Luhrmann. <laughs> um, there, there's yeah. a variety of people in this film, but the trailer does really feature Austin Butler, who's playing Elvis mm-hmm. Presley, Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker, and Olivia De Jong as Priscilla Presley, uh, who would be uh, Elvis's wife. Uh Synopsis is pretty light. Uh, a look in the life of the legendary rock star Elvis Presley. Who would have thought? Uh, it's set to release in theaters in uh, North America on June 24th, 2022, and internationally on June 22nd, 2022. I don't know. 
I don't think this is one that I'm going to be rushing out to see. I know a lot of people <laughs> love this guy. Um, yeah, he's he's love Elvis or Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann. They love yeah. Baz Luhrmann, and they obviously love Elvis. This is going to be sure. this is going to be a win. But in my experience of the films that Bass have done, it's it's style over substance. It's all about style over substance. And I don't know. I don't know if I really I don't want know. to. WB hasn't had the greatest track record lately. And and Baz Luhrmann is, he, he, I think it's just a bit too much. And this trailer was definitely too much. It was way longer than it needed to be. You know what I mean? It was it felt very fantastical. But that's and the point. That's Baz, man. That's his style. Yeah. Right. But but I will say with these movies that feature people who are larger than life, I want to see a movie that, that shows them in a more realistic light. I want you to bring them Walk right the down line. my level. Right? I think with right, absolutely. With like with these docudramas, like I want to see the 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 obviously this is gonna show hardships. The trailer very much shows that, but it just feels like it's it's all too fantastical pretty and, and well lit and yeah. <laughs> CGI. Yeah, and, yeah. and he yeah. I will say, dude, the the freaking um this actor, what's his, Austin Butler, uh he, there was a scene where he just straight up looks like Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. <laughs> like he just straight up like he has the eye makeup. And I know Elvis did that at one point. He had like yeah. this sort of darker look, but like it just he's t- maybe he's too pretty. I don't know. I really there was don't a couple, buy him as there was Elvis. a couple silhouettes that they did where the, you know, the pompadour kind of hangs forward. Sure. And, and he does the hip gyrations yeah, and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Like there, there was a couple instances, but you know, as much as this is about Elvis, I think this is also going to be about Tom Hanks's, uh, you know, Colonel Tom Parker, uh, who plays Which, essentially what's up his, with his accent, dude? He's, like, he's, what is? Yeah, he he definitely he he's got to be from Memphis, same as 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 Elvis. Uh, I imagine. Does he though? I think he's. Hold on, I'm, let me just quickly look this up. He's Dutch. Oh, so maybe he has a bit of a Dutch accent, right? Maybe. Which was that Dutch though? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I, I, I honestly, don't know. it's it's kind of weird though because he looks like Tom Hanks looks incredibly creepy in this movie. If anything, yeah, uh, I think he's gonna be kind of the antagonist maybe so does so does no no shade to tom parker's family but so does colonel tom parker <laughs> in real life looks a little <laughs> looks a little like a villain um i could see him totally be being the the villain i don't know the actual story between these two i think a lot of people who are going into this movie will know uh, all this stuff ahead of time um but i just i don't know man like the get down on Netflix was probably the only thing that I've seen of Baz Luhrmann's that I've enjoyed, right? Did you ever watch the get? Down? Oh yeah, that was great. You're absolutely right. It was right. great. And it got canceled after one season, which it really shouldn't have. It was a grounded look at hip hop music growing up in the Bronx. Like it, it, there were moments of it that felt a little bit more cheesy musical, but it wasn't this glitzy. Do you know what I mean? It didn't feel this fantastical. And I think that's the biggest, that's the word that I keep coming around to with this trailer that I'm, it's just not bringing me in. And I'm I'm just I don't know, man. I'm I don't know if I'm intrigued enough to to watch this. I hope it I, I love Elvis. I really love Elvis, so I hope that I'm wrong and I hope it's amazing. But we'll yeah, see. I have I don't have a general interest in Elvis, but uh as a as a film, again, it, it, it sold like over the top spectacle that was just unnecessary. I think it's it's more glitzy and, and glamoury than it, it needs know. to be for 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 what it wants to tell. So I'm probably not gonna check it out, to be honest with you. I'll I'll go on your own <laughs> vibes and, and see what you think. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
but you know what I will be checking out is our next trailer. Oh, yeah. I've saved it. Oh yeah, the last, and it was probably the one that came out the earliest last week. Uh, but it's Ch- best for last. Year. Oh, dude, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers coming out <laughs> in 2022. <laughs> this is a animated adventure comedy film based on and the continuation of the animated TV series of the same name, and is set to release this year on Disney Plus. Cast includes John Mulaney as Chip, Andy Samberg as Dale. Eric Bana as Monterey Jack. Love it. Yep. That is so good. Uh, Dennis <laughs> Haysbert as Zipper, uh, who has a very deep, throaty voice. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Zipper's the little fly, isn't he? Isn't he the little? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think okay. he's the little green guy. Yeah. yeah. Seth Rogen is playing a character named Bob, uh, <laughs> who we see in the trailer. In the trailer, yeah. <laughs> But uh, apart from from these voice actors, we are also going to get Will Arnett, J.K. Simmons, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Tress McNeely, and Chris Parnell. Yeah, this looked fantastic, bro. Yeah. I was yeah. I was blown away because, I don't know, they, they we were talking about this, uh, I believe, when we uh, were talking about Cheaper by the Dozen reboot. You know, they just they haven't had very good luck with this. And this looks like they're leaning more to the audience that grew up uh, with Chippendale rather than trying yeah. to retarget it for a younger audience if that makes sense. Yeah, they they no they totally are because it's 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 and it's also doing the thing that a lot of modern movies are doing of playing into the meta, right? We literally mm. just talked about Arthur writing his own story that we've been watching all this time and now we've got this trailer that like honestly I really wasn't looking forward to this this movie, not not because I don't like Chippendale Rescue Rangers, but I totally thought we were going to get um something in, in line with like the Tom and Jerry you know the Tom and Jerry live action movie that came out yeah. with like uh, Chloe yeah, yeah. Moretz or whatever? Yeah. Like that that was not great at all. And I was really thinking that's where they were going. But this completely caught me off guard, especially when I started the trailer. Because it starts off and it, I thought I was watching Entertainment Tonight's trailer reveal for this movie. <laughs> but it was it was actually the movie. And it gives me a lot of like pop star never stop stopping vibes. Which makes sense because it's it's coming from, from you know the Lonely Island folks yeah. of... Uh, Akiva Schaffer and and Andy Samberg and then you got John Mulaney in there so obviously this is going to be different but yeah man you you were telling me you you're calling it the modern day Roger Rabbit which is, yes. you tweeted about and yeah. I, I'm I'm honestly I, for me I see it almost as more of like um like a Spider Verse situation or at least what they think the next Spider Verse movie is where again we're getting these different art styles that are coming together and being mashed together sure. like even in the first Spider Verse right like Penny Parker was an anime character in that world for right sure. and then yeah. For for Spider Noir or whatever his name is, like he's like he's a black and white. So it was super. Like I'm I'm so amped for the fact that they're going to be blending these visuals. They're going to be blending the live action, the the animated. They're putting live action costumes on cartoons. Like it's it's nuts looking. Like I was not (laughs) expecting this at all. Well, yeah, you know, again, it is directed by Akiva Schaefer, uh, who's a huge part of Lonely Island. And seeing Lonely Island at the front really does set the tone for what kind of movie to anticipate. And and I think that they're they're taking the right approach. Yes, it 100 percent reminds me of like a more up to date uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where we do see, um, you know, live action characters interacting with two dimensional animated characters, most commonly and 3D. There's there's a mixture. Um and and that was fun. It it leans into the parody, and I feel like this is very much that. It's leaning into the parody. The way the trailer kicks off with this sort of, you know, what happened? You know, uh, I, MTV used to have a series called Behind the Music, which took like you know yeah. a, a look back at, at some of these bands and you know some of the 
the the troubles and the turmoil of what they what they went through to get to where they they got with the music and and i feel like the opening of this trailer very much captures that and parodies off of that of you know these iconic cartoon characters where are they now and you know it kind of shows us that they've gone their separate ways they're you know they're they're not necessarily as close as as we would have thought so i don't know they've they've done a really good job of of hooking me into this one yeah. and and making me very invested in wanting to see where is I I just I hope we get a a, a more official date. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it should be it's gonna. Well, what was what was they haven't said the date at all. They just said twenty twenty two. I thought it was coming out really soon, didn't they? Oh yeah, May twentieth. Oh, it's coming out May twentieth. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So we got an official date. It's 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 not that far away. And so Dale, I love how he says like I got the three D or three D surgery or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah. And it, that's that's one of those things that like. I love that they're going with this movie where there's going to be cartoon characters in real life that are just part of this world and that's okay. They don't need to explain any of it. So they can literally skip past half of what Space Jam does, right? In terms of having to explain it. And they don't have to. They can just go right into the world, right? Yeah, that's another great example. And like, have you watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Have you Not watched yet. it? I want you, to. You, I need you 100% to. You one hundred percent should because I feel yeah. like even just to get a sense of where that that idea might have come from when when it's mentioned because I I don't think I was you know the only person who tweeted that out I, I I definitely it immediately resonated with me because that was as a kid when I watched that movie it was like whoa live action and animated in the same movie this is weird. and he's in the trailer he's yeah. literally there in the trailer oh yeah right. and and Roger Rapport's in the trailer yeah but it looks like it looks like they're gonna be an um. Like all the animated characters in the in the movie look like they might be being manipulated mm-hmm. by whoever the villain is, and I'm thinking, what if this is just another sort of meta look at like how animated characters are being brought back and changed to service big corporate entities, which again is the plot of Space Jam: A New Legacy. But I like these characters. No, no shade to the Looney Tunes, you're great, but I'm a big Disney fan, and so um, I'm stoked. And it's not just Disney stuff too. Like, how did they get little My Little Pony in there? We got the cats from Cats in there right like it's this movie is going to be wild well dude. The, I'm so stoked. again you should watch who framed roger rabbit and yeah. i think the the thing that is to be celebrated about that is that it was more of a celebration of of cartoon world rather than any one studio attaching themselves to the film as as their characters right so wow. i think everyone kind of came hmm. together to you know contribute if you will um yeah so i again very excited. May 20th, 2022 of this year, apparently hitting Disney Plus. You know, we'll definitely be reviewing that. That's it. We're, 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 we're wrapped. We're wrapped on our trailers. We're wrapped on our news. But before we officially wrap this episode, I thought we could do a little whatcha. Oh, yeah. I closed out with a little whatcha for our <laughs> I listeners. I almost forgot. Yeah, something, yeah. you know, something you've enjoyed this past week that, uh, our, our listeners should watch, play, read, listen to, or just enjoy. Uh, Nate, yeah. what you been up to this week, bro? Okay, well, we're we're going a little long in the tooth of this episode, so I won't take too long, but I do really want to just shout out two things. Obviously, uh, if you're a big Sony fan, Horizon Forbidden West is out now, uh, and dude, it is... It is. It. I didn't think they could improve the game in many ways from the original. They've literally improved it in every single way, and I. I really am trying not to be hyperbolic about this, but it honestly, it the the visuals are improved, which is nuts. Uh, Guerrilla Games is just doing such a good job making what f- like when you watch like The Last of Us Part Two and you see some of those mm-hmm. like moments in that game, and you're like, I don't think games could look better than this. Well, it doesn't necessarily look 
better than Last of Us Part Two, but it plays in an open world setting. Whereas Last of Us Part Two is more sort of like linear based, yeah, and you're sure. like, oh, I get how they could technically pull this off. But this this game is it's it's massive. It's 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 just as big as any other open world game. I think the open world for this is even bigger. And the craziest part about it that I'm loving with it, dude, is it, it the the side quests, the facial animation, the voice acting is so good with every character yeah, I've, I've that it doesn't even online. feel like you're playing side quests. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't even feel like you're 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 it, so I'll start a main quest and I'll get sidetracked by 15 other things before I'll even touch that main quest. It's it's insane, dude. Interesting. Uh, are you going to check it out? Yeah, I'll probably check it out. I feel like though I'm intimidated to check it out because I haven't played the first one. Um yeah. and a lot of people have said actually you specifically were saying that it's it's very steeped in lore and it's very uh, dense. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of uh, you know, appreciation that comes from that. So But I I will say though, this the 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 conversations and the cinematics even in the first game are to a degree that you could probably watch I mean, it probably would take a while. It's probably like an hour or so, but you could probably watch a recap of the first yeah. game without having to play it all. Right. Um, and 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 you'd still appreciate it just as much. Because I will say, it's been a while since I played the first one, and even in this one, I'm, I was very lost at the beginning. Now that I'm about maybe one, I'd say one third of the way through, I've I've really started to appreciate uh, the storyline in it. It's really good. Nice. Um, and really quickly, I also want to mention, cause I know we're going to have our Oscars episode and we're going to talk about all these movies, but I'm going through my Oscars watch list and tick, tick, boom, uh, hopped into my Netflix. And I, I started watching the, the story of Jonathan, Jonathan Larson, uh, who's the creator of, of rent. And it, this was like, I guess this was like his one man show, but as directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, which I just thought was super cool because you've got this guy that, he he changed uh you know musical theater in the 90s and he was inspired by someone you know who who did it uh way before right which was um Sondheim like Stephen Sondheim yeah and then you've got it directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda who seems to be changing musical theater more recently right so it's just kind of it's it's this really amazing celebration of of musicals and musical theater in general and what's it like what it's like to write for musical theater, but you also see where Rent really comes from. Yep. And uh, and obviously Andrew Garfield is up for best uh, actor, or no? Is he? Is he? Yeah, he's up for lead, best lead actor. Um, I don't I don't know if he'll get it, but he was amazing. I know, I know. He's going up against right? Will Smith, and and you know Will Smith was was fantastic in in King Richard. You know, of the two, you know, it's it's very likely that that um, Andrew Garfield will get nominated again in his lifetime. <laughs> you know, uh, sure. for, for an Oscar. Yeah. Right. So I just feel like this is probably going to go to will, but he has to be in that category. Um, he, he yeah. was, he was outstanding. Did you know he didn't know how to sing or any instrumental background at all? Learned it all. Ser- yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Cause you could have told me that he's been singing all his life after watching this. Like, Very d- don't get me wrong. He, yeah, it don't, he wasn't like, Oh my gosh, he's the best singer I've ever heard. Oh. But he sounded he sounded like someone who writes musicals, sings like you know what I mean. Like I, I personally, I and don't get me wrong, I've not looked into Jonathan Larson prior to this, so I, I knew of Rent. Um, I've watched Rent, um, but I I you know I I feel like in my experience with people that write musicals, 
they they can sing, but they're they're not the best singers, which is why they, they write for singers. One hundred percent. Yeah, I yeah. I totally I I totally get that. But I don't know. There was just such a level of commitment all around from from the singing, piano playing, uh, and yeah. and just just the theatricality that he brought. Like you know when when there's there's such a different level of acting when there's a dramatization or something that's inspired from a play that has to feel more musical. And I I haven't watched right. West Side Story, and I feel like. We may see a little bit more of that theatricality in the acting. 100%. It's very classic Hollywood, very old yeah, school. Yeah, the fantastical nature. Yeah, of it, yeah. just and it's and yeah. it's musical and it's stage. You know, it's jazz hands yeah. and you know motion. And I, I think Andrew Garfield again, like to show such range in his acting to come here, learn piano, learn to sing, and bring the theatricality to his character and the dramatization, just so nuanced. It was just probably, it's definitely one of the standout performances of of the year, for me at least. So um, yeah, I, I loved that movie for him uh, 100%. Uh, and I think, you know, again, Lin-Manuel did a fantastic job telling balancing musical with dramatization to kind of tell yeah, a very real story there's only there's literally only one one song that i can think of and i, I get it it's it's the it's the song um where he's like this isn't really a spoiler but he's he's really having a, a rough sunday morning at the the breakfast place that he works at and it the whole restaurant like sort of opens up at a certain point and all the all the people in the restaurant start singing and it's like obviously that's not going to happen there's another moment where he's at a party and and they start singing that feels much more realistic cuz they're all into music and mm-hmm. that makes sense but with this with this restaurant sequence um, that was the only time where I was like, oh, this is a little bit fantastical, but you can't blame, you know, the character for, for wanting to escape his reality in that moment. And I think in my mind, that was him just obviously imagining it as opposed to us supposed to believe that it's actually happening. Oh, right? of course. Like, yeah, of course. Right. Absolutely. I think that that's and that happens quite a bit. Throughout yeah. throughout the movie, so if you haven't so checked good, it though. out, check it out. It's on Netflix. Please, you'll enjoy Support it a hundred percent. But yeah, for myself, um, I've been, I've been, I've been enjoying some Ali Ali World. I've been yeah, keeping dude. up with uh, Euphoria. The Kardashians. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it up with Euphoria. Um, yeah. This actually, this week's episode, this latest episode, episode six, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has very much the play and dramatization oh. balance. It's actually really well done. Some really, really great camera work. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very confident that this series is is going to close strong. Um, but the new thing that I think everyone should check out, uh, I actually mm. got a chance to watch the first episode of Bel Air here in Canada. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's on Showcase. Uh, for those Canadians, uh, for you people in the States, you can find it on Peacock. Um, but I, I got to say, this this first episode was dope. It was really, really, really? good. Really? Okay. It re- this, this really works, man. Like this whole dramatization. Like it, it, there's Sick. a balance of respecting the show that came before yeah. it while giving more levity to the story of of these characters 
with a more dramatic take. The first episode does absolutely everything it needs to do to set up the season. The introduction of each of the key characters is awesome. Everyone gets their own moment to shine. And you really do see how they embody the, their their inspired character, but also a character of today. And it's just, it, it feels very uh, relevant uh, for, for these times. Um, there's clear tension that's being established between characters. Uh, I, I I absolutely loved it. I, I thought it was a great first episode. Jeffrey's cool. character has me very excited for what he will sort of bring to uh, Will's character, and you know just just this iconography of of being great, and you know the crown, and you know knowing you know knowing that you can be king, and and just that idea of king just symbolizing greatness and and being your own king and being your own greatness like there's just already in this uh, this first episode there's just such a balance of of all of that and i yeah i'm hooked i can't wait for i think episode two is already out now and i'll probably watch that at some point this week so dude i i've heard i just was hearing really rough reviews for that first episode so now you're getting me hyped back for it because i was initially based off that the trailer for it i was i was really stoked so i'm happy to hear that you think it's good and uh yeah man i'm i'm excited for yeah, this yeah i honestly think that if you're a fan of the show and like i guess it yeah. might have been the fact that like it hasn't even been a year since i did like a rewatch of the entire uh fresh prince and there's just so many different layers like the way they 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 take a couple lines from the theme song and put yeah. it in a moment into the show yeah it's really and it just and it feels doesn't come like, across as cheesy nope, no no and okay and like jabari banks uh, as will smith um, yeah. He feels like so inspired from the Will Smith that was like swaggery, you know, was a little bit, you know, hood at times. And, you know, he got up in your face. Right. Like like. Right. He has very much that. But his own take, it just it feels so like reminiscent while also being fresh. Like, again, we talk about this idea of like balancing nostalgia with freshness and you know again it's the fresh prince of bel-air and you know fresh it, and it feels dice fresh. in the mirror dude. yeah dude yeah. i am i am stoked so <laughs> definitely if you haven't okay. checked it out watch the first episode i would recommend it it's uh Sick. again you can find it on 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 showcase every monday at nine apparently but i i streamed it through uh showcases like on demand so uh if cool. you, you can get access to that so but yeah that is it you're ready to wrap this sucker up there bud Another another weekend geek we did. Yeah, it. well, that is it for this weekend geek. Thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us a glowing review. We always appreciate that love. Uh, and you can always reach out to us if you'd like. Ask us any questions about any of the news or trailers uh, shared today, or anything of that we cover, uh, or if we got anything wrong. And you can do so by reaching out to us through email at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering a variety of content uh, and new content always coming out. Out now, we have our spoiler-free review for PlayStation Pictures Uncharted, which is in theaters now for you to enjoy. We also got our spoiler-free review and reaction to Disney Plus's animated series reboot, The Proud Family, Laura and Prouda, um, which is actually on Disney Plus now so you can you can actually enjoy that plus we also dropped a spoiler filled review for hbo max's peacemaker season one we had an absolute blast 
uh, watching that that season. So, so uh, we we naturally had to jump on and, and chat about it. So we went full spoilers. And of course, every week we've got this week in geek for your latest news and trailer fixes, plus more reviews coming. We got some good ones on the way. Yeah, I mean, check out our our Twitter now if you want to see our first impressions of turning red. Um, which uh, we've gotten a chance to watch, uh, and I cannot wait to to break everything down. It, I, I'm so excited yes. uh, just to get to talk about it um, and and really dive into uh, into May's story. So yeah, for yeah. sure, absolutely. And we also got Batman next week, as we mentioned. So oh, dude, there's a lot go. of content. There's a lot of content for 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 you to enjoy. So be sure to subscribe so you know when our latest episodes drop. But until then, Nate. Thanks for joining me for This Week in Geek. And as we say, love ya. Peace. Peace.